Hey guys, uh, just real quick, uh, we're recording this after the episode. We realized way too late, but like, we, there's some echoing in this recording in this episode. But like, we're, we already figured it out. We're making improvements every single episode, yeah. and so uh, just just endure a little bit. It's like on and off, so it's not too bad. Uh, but yeah, hopefully you guys understand. All right, love you guys. Enjoy the episode. And we're live. Yeah, welcome to Hebrews <laughs> right. and Talks episode three. Man, I'm, I'm so, so excited. excited. <laughs> Man, God has been so good. Just uh, dragging us through <laughs> like uh, the setup process and more improvements. Hopefully yeah. you guys can see them. Yeah, I think um, we'll see how it goes today. But uh, yeah. I guess uh, we have some new fun mugs for everyone to finally. see. Yeah. Finally. You want to start? Yeah, sure. I don't know if you can see it. I'll try to see, uh, make it visible. It says, uh, how does Jesus make his coffee? And it says, it says uh, he brews it. It's <laughs> a so Jesus smiling. I thought it was so fitting. Pastor Gene and I were looking through Amazon. What kind of mug do you have, Pastor Gene? All right. Or PD? I, I got a pretty pretty funny one. It's just, well, let me hold it like this so you can see. It's just see, this is Jesus saying, I'll be back. <laughs> so, it's yeah. a play on Terminator. Yeah. It's fitting, of course. Yeah. Because he will be back. All right, so I guess just to give a basic outline of today's episode, we have our devotional, as always, and then we're going to talk about uh, relationships founded in Christ. So we'll go over like friendships, romantic relationships, even like a marriage, and also uh, family, and a bigger picture of the church. Uh, and then uh, we'll do kind of like a fun segment, uh, you know, if we can spend some time with a Bible character, who would it be and why? <laughs> And then we'll we'll close out our segment that way for today. So I guess, PSK, if you want to start with the devotional. Yeah, uh, we're going to be in Hebrews again, always. Uh, Hebrews chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. So it's a lot of verses, but my commentary will be short. And then I'll pass it over to Pastor Eugene. But uh, Hebrews 6, 1 through 6. This is the word of the Lord. Therefore, let us leave the elementary doctrine of Christ and go on to maturity, not laying again a foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, and of instruction about washings, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. For it is impossible in the case of those who have once been enlightened, who have tasted the heavenly gift and have shared in the Holy Spirit and have tasted the goodness of the word of God and the powers of the age to come and then have fallen away to restore them again to repentance since they are crucifying once again the Son of God to their own harm and holding Him up to contempt. Amen. Amen. Uh, first of all, I think there is an interpretive issue here. Because a lot of people, at least for this generation, my generation, we, uh, we see the word elementary, which is the word that the ESV uses, and we see the word elementary as a very like demeaning word, mm -hmm. right? Like uh, elementary school students, though they're precious, uh, they're, they're uh, at least academically inferior in terms of knowledge, experience and whatnot. And so when we talk about, uh, when we call something or somebody elementary, we usually mean like uh, basic. Mm -hmm. uh, but actually, uh, I think a more helpful way to look at this word, especially if you look at the Greek, uh, is the beginning. Right? Mm. This is actually the same word used in John chapter 1 when it says in the beginning. Mm. And so uh, it's actually not saying that the doctrine of Christ is 
is elementary in the sense of demeaning. It's just saying it's the beginning. Right. The, the doctrine of Christ is the beginning, meaning repentance and turning towards Christ. That's the beginning. It's not saying it's basic. Uh, a remembrance of Christ is, is never basic. I think right. that's the whole point of Christianity. Mm. Right. Uh, so that we need to lay that out first. But it's saying, like, those who have actually tasted, if you read verses 1 through 6 again, this is so good. It's saying, not the basic, but once you start, once you genuinely start in the beginning of the doctrine of Christ, and once you start tasting the, the riches of Christ, mm. there is just no way that you can actually keep going back to the beginning, which is right. repentance. You don't have to keep repenting. You can, you can actually, you're going to obviously keep confessing, but you can actually mature and you can draw closer to the Lord. And you can continue to experience more and more and more of his blessings. Mm -mm. And so you see in verses one through six, it's like progression of like, once you begin, you don't ever go back. You are new, a new creation. You've, you've experienced new life and, and, and you mature and you, you experience the, the goodness that comes through, through Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior every single mm. day. Uh, and then you actually sanctify and uh, you obey him and you live life for him. Amen. Everything begins and ends with Christ. Um, that kind of reminds me, like, it's very similar to what it says in Hebrews 12. Uh, it's either one uh, verse two where it says uh, Jesus is the founder and perfecter of our faith. He not only, you know, uh, gives us salvation, but he's perfecting our faith. He's perfect. He's making us more and more perfect. He's making us more and more like Christ. So from beginning to end, our salvation process, uh, you know, the moment we accept Christ, we're saved. But from then on, we're being saved from the, um, from the power of sin. So that sin has less and less and less of a hold on us. The moment we're saved, we're saved from the penalty of sin. So we're not sentenced to hell anymore. But from that point on until Jesus comes back, we're being saved from the power of sin. So that yeah. the sin, that the power that sin has over us uh, will be no more. Eventually gone once we finally see Jesus. Mm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. Hebrews, man. Like we said, we, like we've been saying, it's, it's some deep stuff. It's some really good stuff. Just remember, everything in the Bible is just all about Christ. Amen. <laughs> it's all about Christ. Which actually makes reading the Bible a lot more fun. Like you read like Old Testament passages where mm -hmm. uh, you wouldn't even think to get to Christ. But uh, once you actually start looking through the lens of like uh, Christ and trying to find a different ways that you get to Christ from like all places of scripture, mm -hmm. that's when reading the Bible gets actually really interesting and fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so sure. Hebrews does that for us in a, in a beautiful way. All right. That was a great devotional. Thank you, PSK. I guess, uh, like we said, we'll move on to our segment. Uh, I know relationships are um, a very interesting topic for a lot of people to talk about. Uh, but today, we, it's such a broad topic, right? We can talk about so many different aspects about uh, relationships. But we wanted to focus on uh, what it means or, I guess, uh, the importance of our relationships being founded in Christ. So I guess... Uh, I want to start us off what do you think about friendship let's let's talk about friendship first sure um actually when i when i thought about this this topic i actually thought about you and so not to not to toot his horn or or let it get to his head but like no like i actually uh i was just driving and um i don't even remember what it was i just i just started like thinking about uh friendships that i've had just mm. period in my lifetime mm. and uh, though i love 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 with my entire life, the friends that I've grown up with, I've actually 
at the forefront of these thoughts and these people that I was thinking about, I was thinking about people like PE. And I was just thinking about how like we we haven't known each other very long. Mm. Um, but like the short time we've known each other, like less than two years actually, uh like though we don't know any, everything about each other, like um like my appreciation for for you and, and the relationship we have. Uh, it was like so moving to the point where like I was actually getting emotional and he doesn't know the story. I haven't told him this yet, but this is actually pretty recent. And like, I was driving in the car and I was like, man, like, like why? And I actually, like, I started asking myself, why is it that, that I'm so uh, appreciative of this man that I, that I met like a year and a half ago. And then I started thinking about uh, really good friends of mine uh, that, that's, that again, I haven't known for very long, like Vincent, uh, if, if, if he ever, if he ever sees this, um, <laughs> Vincent, uh, JJ, Peyton, David, Josh, and like all these different people that like, and I realized in like amongst all these people, there was this foundation in Christ. Mm. Um, and honestly, like I've, I've kind of given it away. And so I'm going to expose myself as well. I, we're, we're pastors, right? <laughs> I keep saying Pastor Eugene, Pastor Eugene. It's just habit for me. I'm, I'm Pastor yeah. Sam. That's why you say PSK, Pastor Sam Kim. But like even this like common like calling, like uh, the fact that I have like um, a slightly older uh, brother in Christ uh, who has walked this calling and this path before me, like I was just so grateful to have him in my life that I, uh, because I knew I could turn to him and like just like simply that like like he understands the sufferings that I've been, that I'm going through right now. He understands the the joys of of this calling that we've been given. And that's just like on the that's obviously like uh, kind of different because we're both called to the same thing. Right, but like. Just like in all, just like even like to like the most basic, um, like similarities that all Christians experience, mm -hmm. uh, eventually rejection, um, the yeah. joys of actually winning over souls, like, yeah. like experiencing worship in, in the same congregation, the same body, the same time, the same place, like that, that, like those are things that you can't experience with non-believers. Right. And, and, uh, like we were talking about in Hebrews mm -hmm. six, like those things are really rich and uh, they're they're so enjoyable. Like mm. when you when you experience those things with believers, like your friendship deepens beyond like similarities or or years, and and that's why like I'm so appreciative of of a PE and uh, people in my life, and um, that 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 are relationships that are found in Christ, like friendships that are found in Christ. Yeah, that's uh, so. Just to let our audience know, like we don't really go into like every detail of what we're going to talk about. We just have a basic outline and then we just kind of, because we want it to be free flowing and spontaneous as much as possible. So it's, it doesn't seem like it's so scripted. And so even this topic, uh, it was just, just that general idea. So I had no idea what, what PSK was going to say. And he's probably going to not know what, have no idea what I'm going to say. Right. So the, yeah. So we can like react to each other and like make it more candid. Like we, like it's all like a honest response. It's yeah. not like a scripted response. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that PSK brings that up because I felt that same connection too. Like, uh, when I first, you know, met this brother, um, you know, I had come to speak and like, uh, he was leading the praise and I don't know, just something from that point on. Right. Even though, like he said, like we've known each other less than two years. And even though there is a, he says slightly older, but <laughs> to, be, to be honest, it's like a, maybe a generation, generation or two gap between us, even though there's such a big gap, it's like, um, instant bond, instant connection. And we're able to be deep. Maybe it's just cause we're both called into the ministry as pastors. 
but it is definitely Christ. If I look back at my other friendships too, um, I've had friends from like the sixth grade on where it was rooted in Christ and I still keep in touch with them. Um, as opposed to friends that were not believers, that weren't really believers, um, kind of lost track of where they are. Uh, but I think I was trying, trying to think of like, you know, why is that? Right. And it's because I feel like, um, like PSK mentioned, like, even though we may have similarities, maybe similar interests, uh, those things change over time. So, uh, back in the day when I really loved bowling, uh, I had my group of like bowling friends and we'd go bowling all the time, like three or four times a week yeah. back when bowling was a lot cheaper <laughs> and they had like, now. yeah, they had like good, like, uh, all you can bowl unlimited bowling deals. I used to go all the time, but then, you know, my love for bowling changed and yes, I still like to bowl, but it's not as enjoyable as before. Um, so then my group of friends also changed. If I, if I'm going just by, um, just taking out our, my, uh, believing friends. And if I just look at the unbelieving friends that I had and, and another big thing is, I guess PSK will experience this later too, but one by one, your friends get married. Uh, and I was one of the ones that were kind of like left behind because <laughs> everyone else was getting married. I'm like, man, I'm never going to get married. I was getting depressed. I was so happy for my friends. But then on the drive home, I'll be like, man, I'm still single. Like, and one by one, they're leaving me. And so once they enter a different life stage, it's like there's a gen, there's a genuine like, uh, disconnect because they're now married. They have that married life. You're still single. The life stage is different. And even when you're married, um, those who have kids, then, then that's going to be another genuine gap. Those who don't have kids, those who do have kids. And it's just harder and harder to meet up and see each other. Um, these, there's so many variables in our life that changes all the time. So those friendships, I think, don't last that long because as soon as a variable changes, kind of like just separates us. You know, someone moves to a different state, you know, it just gets harder and harder to keep in touch. But those friendships that are rooted in Christ, Christ never changes. He's forever. There's one constant. Yeah, one constant. So that always brings us together. So. Uh, some of my friends that I haven't talked to in years, uh, they're my, they're my Christian friends. But when we do talk, we can talk like for hours. Like we just, it's like we never stopped talking or like we never, there was no gap. It's like we just pick up right where we left off and we're able to just connect instantly because of Christ again. We talk about our faith. We talk about how we're doing, how we're spiritually growing. We talk about, I mean, uh, with my non-ministry friends, we still talk about church, how their church is doing and we share vision and like, and goals and just God moving his kingdom work. And so even the early church, we read about it in Acts. Mm-hmm. Oh, they yeah. they gathered like every day. I know we're kind of leading up to that, but they gathered every day and they broke bread together. They worshiped, they read the scripture. It was all centered around Christ. And that, that thing lasted forever. And people were just kept on being added, right? Day by day, number uh, more and more numbers being added, uh, all because Christ was at the center of the friendships. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, well, uh, well uh, <laughs> I think uh, we were bleeding into like all different like uh, like relationships, but like yeah. I think like even uh, romantic relationships. And obviously, he has way more experience than I do, being married, having two kids. And so, Asijin, what do you think about like romantic relationships built in Christ? I think same principles apply. 
Uh, those who aren't believers that get married, I believe it's a way harder road for them to stay together um, because even within couples, interests change, personalities change, uh, even feelings change. Like whatever was holding them together can change and could disappear. Um, but for those who are married, who are believers, whose that foundation is Christ, and Christ, again, is always the constant. So no matter what we're going through, uh, our differences, and we argue, we may, you know, love each other one day and the next day we just, you know, hate, hate each other's guts. Um, even through all of that, we're able to still be one because Christ is at the foundation. And just to give an example from my life, you know, PSK mentioned that I've been married. It's still like... Not so long, but I'm approaching 10 years. It's like double digits. It's pretty exciting. I can't believe it's been 10 years married to my wife. And I'm not saying that because she's sitting over there <laughs> on the couch <laughs> just listening to our, our podcast recording. But honestly, it's been a, such a blessing. And I know generally we don't really fight. Um, I think I've shared with uh, people uh, before, but our personalities are pretty similar. If you look at the MBTI, I don't know how how deep people go into MBTI. It's just like a personality test. Um, and we're all the same except like one one letter, right? So we haven't, yeah, it's the first one. So E and the I are different, but everything else is, is the same. And even then, like, of course, we argue and we, we may have like disagreements here and there, uh, but we're able to fight through because of Christ. Uh, we've experienced hardship uh, I guess we're going to talk about family too, but even before we had our kids as a couple, uh, just ups and downs, just a lot of hardships here and there. Um, but we never thought about, hey, let's just separate and go our, our you know, our separate ways. You know, we were rooted in Christ, and Christ was our foundation, mm-hmm. and so we were able to keep this up for approaching ten years, and hopefully, you know, fifty years, sixty years, however long, <laughs> however long we we're, we're alive together. But um, it's so important that Christ is a foundation because, again, Christ stays the same, remains the same. He's forever, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Um, so if we're built upon that, then our marriage or, and you know, other people's marriages will stand. Practically speaking, and uh, I'm just going to dish questions out to you. Yeah. So you're the, of the two, you're the expert here. But um, practically speaking, like, like you were talking about commitment, how like a marriage in Christ means like there is no like running away, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you fight, that foundation will keep you guys together. Mm-hmm. And so like practically speaking, what are like other changes that relationships found in Christ will actually bring? Because like though like uh, though variables change, like we were talking about in relationships like outside of Christ, mm-hmm. I feel like the constant in the constant of Christ actually um, like uh, prompts change in our yeah. relationships, like whether it's even like friendships, like, uh, like you guys can't do certain things as friends if, you're, if your relationship is found in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like I, I, would, I, I would assume that relationships especially, like things change. Uh, what are some things like that would change like pre, pre-marriage and post-marriage? Um, I think the biggest thing is when you're single, I mean, you're never doing your spiritual walk alone, but you're kind of by yourself, right? Uh, you have the church. Um, 
you're, you're reading the Bible and it's kind of like to yourself, but when you're in a relationship or when you're married, it's like two people walking that spiritual road. And I think that's a big difference because now you want to make sure your spouse is also uh, growing more and more like Christ. Um, and, you know, I mentioned before, like we don't, um, you know, we stay committed because we're founded in Christ and marriage is a picture of the gospel. It's like how Christ loves the church. Uh, so if we aren't being the best we can in our marriage, we're not fully glorifying God and the gospel, right? We want people to see the gospel. They can see a picture of that as we uh, show them what a godly marriage looks like. Uh, so the husband loves their wife like Christ loves the church, and the wife submit to their husband like the church submits to Christ. Um, and we know that Christ edifies the church. He's making sure that the church, that we're growing in faith, that we're becoming more and more like him. And so the husband and wife, we help each other. Sharpen, you know, iron sharpens iron, right? So um, it's been very helpful, too, because my wife sees my weaknesses, points it out. You know, she calls me out on some things, and then vice versa. I see her weaknesses, I call her out on some things, and uh, we sharpen each other. Uh, just going on a journey from one person to two, to, to two people um, is a big change, because now... I guess as the husband, I'm not only responsible for my own spiritual growth, I'm also responsible for my wife's spiritual growth Yeah. as the head of the household. Right. Um, that's a big change. Mm -hmm. And as long as we're rooted in Christ, we'll, be, we'll keep on changing to look more like Christ. Like, I feel like, um, like a lot of Christians and like young adults and like youth, like they see like changes um from christ whether it's relationally or individually as like very like negative like a lot of people think like oh like i know it's the right thing to do but like it's the less fun thing to do mm. to like be more christ-like but like i feel like we 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 find that like that's not true like me enjoying uh relationships found friendships found in christ was a journey mm -hmm. like i loved hanging out with my friends who were unbelievers and and though i loved them god bless their souls like uh, it was like we weren't doing christ-like things and i was like oh this is way more fun than doing like christ-like christian things with like my my jesus loving friends but like that actually i was proven wrong and mm. and i wonder like like how much like how much how accurate is that for like even like like romantically speaking speaking like are those because like there are limitations right like there are, there are boundaries that are set and those mm. those also come like like, I don't have to be in a relationship to, like, know, like, mm -hmm. the Word of God says, like, they draw these lines. Like, is that also more enjoyable to be in a Christ-like relationship like, with those limitations or not? Yes, I think so. Uh, at least, uh, you know, for myself, if I were to speak for myself, it's, if I can relate it to something, it's like um, when we're little kids, right? I don't know if you can remember when you're a little kid, but when you're a little kid, you want to do whatever to impress your parents, and that made you happy, mm. right? You want to, you did well in school, you come and you show your, you know, report card to your parents, they praise you, that felt really good. You obey your parents because you want to make them happy. Um, I think we have to redefine, I guess, what is fun, mm. right? And I think it's fun making God happy by following his, 
his guidelines and his boundaries. Because I know if I stay within the boundaries found in the Bible, uh, it's pleasing to God. And as a child of God, I, I want to make God happy, right? Um, and as we grow deeper in our faith, it's like those things that were fun don't become so fun anymore. And I, I, I know too, because I enjoyed those things back, back, you know, in my college days. Um, but now it doesn't appeal to me anymore because I've experienced something so much better. Right. Uh, it's like, if you, I don't know, if you taste, uh, what's a good, like burger place. If you, you know, like, um, a Whataburger, <laughs> Whataburger or habit, um, the other like higher end, like gourmet burger, you know, McDonald's is just not going to taste the same anymore. You know, before it's like, yeah, McDonald's is the best because that's kind of what you grew up on, right? As a children, we were first exposed to McDonald's. And right now, my kids like McDonald's and Wendy's, fast food burgers. Um, but as they grow, their, their taste changes and they taste something better. They're not going to go back to the former things. The same thing. We, we taste something better in God. And those things that we thought were fun... Uh, just aren't that fun anymore. And I personally experienced that because I was really enjoying these fun things in college and then just growing in Christ, I just lost this appeal. I realized, hey, this is so much better. Hmm. There's like um very like tacky, like a boundary that is set for like young Christian couples. But like, have you ever heard of like leave room for the Holy Spirit? Oh, like between? Yeah. So like no, no, like hugging, yeah. your hips touching, no, like kissing. Like that's like kind of like a, that's the idea. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I feel like, I, like my, just long story short, I did not grow up um, pursuing like Christ-like relationships, at least romantically speak, actually in all aspects of my life. But like, after I like, I realized like, on the flip side of things, like I started, like you were saying, I started enjoying less and less of like unchristlike relationships, mm -hmm. whether it was friendships or like, whether it was like from fling to fling or whatever it was like romantically. Um, I started enjoying that less and less as I followed Christ more and more. Um, and so I feel like when I was a kid, I used to think of like, oh, like that sounds so boring, like dating somebody and like not like, um, not not like stepping over any lines but like i'd assume like like nowadays like i i i uh i imagine it and and it sounds so sweet and it sounds a lot more deeper and a lot more precious and uh would you would you testify to that because <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah because i guess uh that, that's kind of how my wife and i approached it when we were before right. we were married right and i think a big thing that helped was she was in korea and i was here in the states so it's hard to, you know, be, become physically intimate, uh, with her. But even when I went to visit Korea, um, we still kept it at a minimum. I think it took us a few days before we even held hands. Like I wanted to so bad. I just didn't know like how she would react. Cause like it was our first time meeting each other. Um, but thankfully she extended her hand first. And so from then on, we were at least holding hands, but, uh, we did our best to keep our, you know, physical thing to a minimum, uh, knowing that we can enjoy those things in marriage. And I think that's what makes it so much better because wow. good things are worth waiting for. Um, and it's more rewarding, right? Because it's that much more precious. You know what, what you went through to enjoy that moment. I think that's what makes it even more exciting when we get married. And so 
I think PSK is kind of alluding to the fact that like our first kiss was at the, it was in our wedding when the, when the that's so said to, you know, kiss the bride. Um, and even then she kept backing up. Like she said she felt so awkward doing it in front of her friends and family. And I thought, why is she backing up? Right? Is she regret, is she regretting her decision? Oh no. <laughs> no, so, no, no. I mean, I figured it was because she felt a little bit like awkward being in front of people. So I just leaned forward even more and, we made our, you know, first kiss, and that was you know, amazing moment, really. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So for those young people out there, out there who are still single, I want to challenge you to um, try to, <laughs> I guess, the tacky saying, keep the Holy Spirit between you, uh, because um, our relationship, how we treat one another, all those things reflect the gospel. Just like how Jesus wouldn't, you know, cheat on us, you know, and do inappropriate, you know, be inappropriate with us. We should model that even in our, like, uh, relationships and then on to marriage. Um, we want to show the world the gospel and it's through our dating. It should be different from the world. Mm-hmm. Um, dating is not just for fun. It's to lead to marriage. So we yeah. should take that seriously. Uh, and then once we're once we're married, uh, we want to do our best to reflect the gospel in the way husband and wife love each other, treat each other, um, to best portray the gospel so others can see. It's like a, we're giving them a little bit of a like a preview of the gospel, right? Jesus, um, and that that's just a a beautiful thing, and it's worth pursuing, mm. right? Until that day. And it's worth fighting temptation and just fighting whatever else we need to to yeah. for that day. Mm. Yeah, I think that's super insightful. The way that you put it, like um, the taste. It's like a living, walking testimony of the mm. gospel. Your relationship, and like I think that's like that extends to like all relationships. And I think that actually leads us to our our third little section of of the primary segment. Uh, relationships found in Christ, obviously all relationships in the church should be found in Christ, but like, mm-hmm. like we are, that's, that's, that's actually what Jesus says. And one of my favorite passages ever in John chapter 17, uh, Jesus is where Jesus is about to uh, be betrayed and go to the cross and he lifts up a prayer to the father. And what's interesting, I always find interesting is he prays for a, a perfect unity amongst the church, mm-hmm. a unity like the Father and the Son, and and He says, so that the world went, the world may believe that You have sent me. Yeah, it's like, like somehow, like our relationship with brothers and sisters in Christ is going to be a testimony that the right. testimony that proves to the world that Jesus is not of this world, that He came right. from the Father in heaven, the Creator, and like, and. Uh, I'm like yeah, I think I think uh, it's a really helpful way to look at it. Um, that like relationships within the church between your brothers and sisters that are that are like influenced and affected and and founded in Christ um, and dependent on Christ. I think it's a lot more richer and a lot more mm-hmm. enjoyable. I agree. Um, and I honestly, if I have to be a little bit. Um, I guess cynical or pessimistic. I feel like we actually don't. We haven't even begun to scratch the surface of that. Uh, mm-hmm. In a lot of our churches, like we're supposed to be like family, 
That's what the words of God say. And, and it also says things like we're supposed to be like one body, mm-hmm. like literally one body. Like we cannot exist without the other. And yet, like even within, I'm not even talking about denominations, like even within our own denominations, we're like, we're so divided, even within our own, like uh, our churches, uh, we're divided. And um, yeah, I don't know. What are your thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's important that uh, we are, to, re- to realize that we are one spiritual family. Um, that's why we gather on Sundays, worship together. There's uh, power when people of God come together to worship. Yeah, we can worship individually, privately, but there is uh, a power when a group of people that love God, that, that are His children, come together to worship. And um, a church should be a place where we are like family, right? We share the love of Christ. We do help each other. We pray for each other. We encourage one another, um, just like a family would. Yeah. And it should, in some, in many ways, should be even greater than our individual families because mm-hmm. it's like a bunch of true brothers and sisters in Christ. We are brothers and sisters like for all eternity, gathering together yeah. here and then simply moving locations when Jesus comes back or when we go see, see Jesus to the best place you know that's not on this earth Mm -hmm. right heaven um so it does extend out we started with friendships and then we started with uh, relationships marriages um and kind of alluding to family too as a family um talking about like the husband and wife and kids uh, should also be founded on christ and Mm -hmm. it's it's tough kids make it tough Mm -hmm. uh you know i have two boys that really test my patience Sometimes my wife's like, why are you so like, so impatient with them? Why are you so harsh? And like, they test me so much. And I know like God's, it's like, God is training me. And he's like, you know, uh, just kind of having me endure these things to shape me up. I know they're, it's like one of the tools that I don't want, you know, he's, he's using my kids to kind of shape me up and to, mm-hmm. to become a, a more patient person, uh, a more godly person. Um, but as a family too, uh, it's hard, but, um, as a family, we should reflect Christ. And then the, even the bigger picture as a church, um, Christ is always at the foundation of course, mm-hmm. and that's what brings us together. So, um, there shouldn't be like one race, one nationality gathering together. It should be multiple because yeah. heaven's not going to be just one race. Mm-hmm. It's going to be multiple races. And I think. When what you were sharing in John 17, where Jesus says, like, then they'll know that you sent me, it's because the world will see all these different people from all walks of life, all different backgrounds coming together to worship as one. Yeah. I think that's what they'll see and be like, okay, Jesus has to be the Son of God. Mm-hmm. There's no other explanation. There's no way that this brother and this sister can come together and worship. Mm-hmm. They said it has to be Jesus. I think that's kind of... That's how I see it. I don't know what Jesus really meant by that, yeah. but I think that's one of the things. Like when the world sees all these different people that should not even be in the same place in, in their eyes come together, like poor people, rich people, you know, different races, different uh, economic backgrounds, social backgrounds, whatever, coming education backgrounds, right? Mm-hmm. All coming to, together to worship and break bread and have fellowship. Yeah. Um, the only conclusion that these you know the the world can make is okay jesus is the son of god yeah yeah and and like just in light of the gospel like i think 
like even like for people who've been following Christ for a long time, like we forget that the gospel, because like we are being sanctified, because we're walking the narrow road, I think it's so easy to forget. The gospel is always, it always has been, and it always will be for the lost mm. and the broken, the mm. orphan and the widow, those mm. without fathers, those without mothers, those without families. And like going off of like, I think that's so true. Like the unity of like diversity mm-hmm. uh, is like a testament to like this common foundation, but like also like having like a household with your doors wide open to those without a family. Mm. Like, I think the fact that the gospel is for those without a family, like mm. when the church becomes a family, like, and they're not related by blood, but like mm. their family through Christ, which is much deeper and stronger. Mm. Um, like, I think like, of course, Jesus says that like, oh, like people are going to want that. It's not simply just like, oh, like now I get it. It's like, like, oh, I want that. Like right. your heart's going to reach out for that. I know I know brothers and sisters like whom I love so much where they came to know and, and I know I sound like kind of negative a lot. A lot of times like we do as like ministers and simply just Christians, right? But like um because we get prideful and arrogant and um and self righteous sometimes, but like I see it happening, like the work of Christ. Like there are people in my life who came to know the Lord Yes, through hearing the gospel, the the message and the story of Jesus, but like they believed it because they lost family members and like mm. they didn't have parents or they mm. they lost their siblings even like multiple people in my life and like they saw like familial love between like all age groups and 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 uh between yeah. like like pure love between like guys and girls and like like a heart of servitude and like these people didn't understand it, but like they wanted it. And so they just kept coming out of church. And like, mm-hmm. I saw this happen in like in our, in our very own church. And like, mm-hmm. w- when like every other church in our area, and this is not to uh, talk down, I'm not talking down on them, but like, which it is, it's a testament to, to glorify God. Like when every other church in the area was actually decreasing in number for, for, for a period of time, for some reason, like our church kept getting bigger and bigger. That's not, that's not, has nothing to do with us. It was just like, I really felt like for a while, like we, we, we really saw each other as family and mm-hmm. like, and like you were talking about like uh, testing and um, for some reason we like, we disconnect like how our families at home works uh, with our family within the body of Christ and like family's messy, yeah. whether it's in the house, yeah. uh, like our, 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 our blood family or whether it's in, in the kingdom. Right. Um, like, like we were talking earlier about like, you were saying like, relationships romantically found in christ like there it's commitment there is no turning back and like mm-hmm. in the same way like just because you get in arguments you can't leave the church right like that's that's part of what comes with a relationship found in christ like right if, if you can't stop being your brother's brother because you're you're just born into that family then how much more mm-hmm. is, are you supposed to take that seriously when it comes to family like founded in christ it's supposed right. to go deeper Right. And like bloodline and genealogies. Right. Um, and so, like, yeah, like I feel like uh, all relationships found in Christ, it just becomes more meaningful. Yeah. But also enjoyable. Um, but harder, but also more worth it. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Because uh, we know ultimately as we come together as a church, 
um, God gets all the glory mm. and people see God's glory through us and come to know Christ. It's like, it's a way to bring people more to Christ is that as we become more of the church that Jesus had in mind, that God had in mind when he created it, um, the more the lost that we can reach. Right. So as a church for every church, we should strive to be one spiritual family. We're truly, um, we're not so quick to judge. Right. Um, doesn't mean that we don't, um, call them out when, when they sin or when they're doing something wrong. Uh, but it should always be founded on the love of Christ, not to criticize for just criticism's sake. Uh, but we want our brother and sister to be better, right? Uh, we want them to be more like Christ. And it's just out of that heart uh, that we cheer each other on. We encourage each other, pray for each other, break bread, have fellowship, worship. Uh, as we do all that, I think the world will see the gospel through the church and now bring them more uh, to Christ. So as a church, we should be focused on being more and more united because mm. then that's what's going to bring God the glory. And that's what's going to bring people to Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, it just hit me as you were, t as you were saying all that, like I feel like ministry in general, like a lot of people focus on like, Oh, like what are we supposed to do? Like in terms of outreach, mm. I feel like, really like in this generation like we've kind of lost touch with like in reach mm -hmm. like uh like how do we how do we uh better and of course we have to outreach right like we have yeah. to evangelize and we yeah, have yeah. to serve the community and, and and get get involved but like at the same time we can't let go of um like mending like brokenness like within the church and um pursuing you know familial love and mm -hmm. yeah and because like we're supposed to be that testimony and I guess even a even broader than that is that all the people of faith from the beginning of time to all to the present and even the future, we are one big family. Yeah. Right. Um, and I just want to, I guess, uh, the next segment, you know, which Bible character would you like to meet? Right. Is our fellow brother or sister, depending on who you want to meet, but we will get to see them one day in heaven. We get to actually see you know what paul and like abraham moses what they even look like right look like and just um i guess how tall they are we'll see how tall samson is <laughs> but uh i wanted to ask you know psk if you can i know it's hard to just go to one person and we'll just take jesus out because of course we want to want to meet and we do want to see jesus but of, of the people in the bible i guess who would you want to meet first dang that's so hard there's also the prayer like i want to give a good one too mm -hmm. you have yours are you thinking um might need a minute too maybe we can do like a 1a 1b so at least we can we may we might okay. have like two two so we all know regrets yeah <laughs> um And everything, everyone I'm thinking about, it, seems, it sounds so basic. Oh, I got one that I feel like most people wouldn't say. Um, that's not the reason why, but uh, Uriah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Bathsheba's husband. Um, mm. The man uh, who we've only seen 
like very briefly mm-hmm. for like a few verses. Mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you who don't know, like David, uh, King David, the, the story of his fall, which is pretty famous. He's he's up there uh, in his in his castle, his palace, or whatever his kingdom, uh, and he's being lazy, and so he doesn't go out to battle. Uh, I keep hitting the mic. He doesn't go out to battle with his men in the season that kings were supposed to, and that actually leads him to being tempted. He sees Bathsheba bathing mm. on the rooftop because that's what they usually did, um, and he's tempted. And he actually brings her forward, and they commit adultery, but he gets her pregnant. And uh, in order to avoid getting caught, he actually brings um, Uriah, her husband, home to actually persuade him to sleep with his wife. So mm-hmm. that it would seem like the baby is his, not not King David's. Right. And uh, what happens is he's such a he's such a bro. He's such a <laughs> homie. He uh, he says, "When my brothers are out there in war, sleeping on the floor, like I would never sleep in the comfort of my bed and lay yeah. with my wife." And right. he he sticks it out. He says, I, "I'd rather sleep on the streets." Right. And I saw that even from the start. I was like, "Man, this guy is awesome." And then <laughs> actually, um. I want to name my first child Uriah. Mm. And it wasn't the story itself. And that almost got me there. But it was the meaning of the name. The Mm. name Uriah. When I found this out, I was like, that's so awesome. (laughs) The name Uriah, uh, it's a a Hebrew word, a Jewish Jewish name. And it means flame of God. I think that's so (laughs) cool. And and, and it's so brief. But like, he just sounded like such a cool guy. Like such such a righteous... Um, but he was also one of David's like mighty men, like, mm-hmm. like he's written about in uh, the historical books that he was yeah, like yeah. a great soldier, a great warrior. Yeah. And so like, he had to have been like very charismatic, very cool, very, yeah. uh, just a cool guy. And like, I want, I would meet Uriah. Dang. That is a good one. Yeah. There's like so many people that, were, that was running through my mind while you're sharing about Uriah. Mm-hmm. And honestly, like, and this is, I guess, uh, it, um, one of the books that I like too, but Habakkuk. Really? Yeah, I think <laughs> we're giving like that's the most random. I, so I, I would have never thought you'd say Habakkuk. I'd rather say Obadiah. <laughs> no, okay. Habakkuk. Right? I really uh, just to see the transformation where he looked out and he just was in despair because his Judah was just like desolate, just overrun by by uh, Babylon. And he just cries out to God and he's like, how can you do this to your people? Like, aren't you going to keep your promise? And God answers saying, yeah, I'm, I guess, chastising or um, punishing is uh, Judah for their unfaithfulness. And then Habakkuk's like, how can you use uh, even more wicked people than, uh, than Judah, than, um, than you know, the Judeans? to punish us. You know, what kind of holy God would do that? And he says, in the right time, Babylon will be punished too. Uh, and then in the end, what Habakkuk concludes is, uh, he doesn't understand fully God's plan, but he's going to fully trust in the Lord. And he ends in praise, saying that, God, I know you're faithful. You're never changing. You're going to keep your promise. I may not understand it, uh, but I still choose wow. to praise you. And just to, I just want to, I guess, talk about like that transformation, like what it was like that back and forth. Yeah. Because the Bible only does so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, just what he was really feeling, um, his change from like despair to now hope. 
Yeah. Uh, knowing okay. that God will remain faithful to his people, mm-hmm. uh, having that kind of heart for his people where he's really crying out to God because um, yeah. they're going through such hard times. Um, and then later on praising God because he knows God is faithful. I think that's definitely, I know I was trying to pick someone that I guess that most people would not pick. Right. Right? I don't want to be like, you know, right, David right. or Abraham, Moses, right, like, right. um, but Habakkuk came to mind. I guess one, one B, this is kind of like just for fun. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Jonah. Oh yeah. You know, because, about that. because I want to ask him like what it was like. In the, <laughs> in the fish. Yeah, in the fish. <laughs> like what, what he went through, um, just what he was feeling. Like I, I can just imagine just it being like the stinkiest place oh, yeah. he could ever be in. And just being in a moist, wet, dark place for three days. But uh, just for fun, uh, I would like yeah. to just ask. Again, yeah. I was trying to pick someone that no one would really think of, but yeah. that would be my one B is Jonah. Okay. I feel like my one B is obvious, like you said it, but probably Moses. Mm. I was thinking either Moses or Job, but Mm-mm. we know more about Moses. <laughs> I was thinking about Job too. Yeah, <laughs> Job would be pretty interesting, I feel like. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, like Moses, he's probably like one of, Aside from Jesus, like the most talked about characters in the Bible, mm. but like if you're if we're being objective, like the dude was awesome. He was like yeah. probably the greatest leader yeah. of uh in all the history of Israel. Yeah. Uh, aside from Jesus, but but uh yeah, I just want I just wanted to see like was he like he he spoke to God. Not not literally face to face, but like God says, like face to face, like a friend. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the only one yeah, that experienced that. And, and God himself says there is no prophet like my prophet Moses. And he, like God stands up for Moses. Yeah. Like he intervenes like uh, on behalf of Moses against Aaron and, mm. and uh, his sister Miriam. But like, um, I would just like to meet him and be like, dude, like, how'd you do it, man? Like, um, how are you so righteous? Like before <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> I think I would ask him like, how did, did he regret making that one mistake? That caused him to not go into the promised land, you know, by just angrily striking the rock. Um, Because that cost him. He got to see the promised land from afar, but he never got to step in. Be like, hey, you know, you regret. And ask him, like, where's your body, dude? Like, like, where did it go? There's so many mysteries. Like, so many mysteries. Yeah, about Moses. But he was just such an awesome leader. Yeah. I know it's cliche, but like, who wouldn't want to see Moses? For sure. Moses yeah. is another good one. And there's so many. We could have done like Old Testament separate, New Testament, New Testament separate. Yeah, like Stephen's a good one. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think Paul is too. Oh, yeah. Just too. Obvious ones. His yeah. like, he's just amazing. You yeah. know, he was so uh, like for the gospel. Like he was willing to even go to hell if that meant all the Jews yeah. would be saved. I'm just like, <laughs> That's crazy. man, you're, you're, yeah, you're one crazy dude. I, I, I would wanna... never do that. Yeah. <laughs> being honest yeah, yeah. bro yeah, like, <laughs> i don't but, love uh, you that much <laughs> but just to see um what he was like um yeah there's so many people we could pick yeah um but maybe we'll we'll come back to that one down the road and just be like hey from the new testament or limited to a book i don't know we'll see yeah but there's so like so many different people i, I think i could list like you know 20 people i'd yeah, like to meet sure. yeah yeah uh, I feel like that was a good episode. 
I enjoyed that one the most so mm-hmm. far. So far, yeah. I think every episode, uh, just enjoying it more and more. Uh, mm-hmm. Just talking about different things. I hope that's the same for our listeners. I hope that we're improving mm-hmm. um, week by week, uh, not just like technically speaking, but also so just quality, the quality uh, content topics, wise, right? Yeah, yeah. Like even our approach to it. And uh, if you do, if you if you do enjoy, uh, or if you're enjoying it, then like, comment, and subscribe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also uh, follow us on our different platforms. We're we're uh, recording through uh, YouTube and Spotify. We're place we're putting our pockets up there. But we also have an Instagram. We actually have a TikTok coming soon. Coming soon. Uh, simply just to like uh, highlight just snippets, but also like um, let like our younger audience know uh, like when our videos are going up. Kind of like yeah. an announcement platform. Kind of like how we're using using IG. Yeah, for now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that'd be fun. Um, and uh, it'll actually give me a little more to do because Pastor, Pastor Eugene P is actually ha- uh, handling all like the editing portion. Nah, I mean, that's and not too bad. Social media, and so so I want to I want to I want actually I feel like that that'd be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, but also uh, leave comments like wherever, literally on all of our platforms: YouTube, Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, even like in our DMs and mm-hmm. on Instagram, uh, because we would love to actually answer your questions. We'll give yeah. you a shout out. We'll let we'll let you guys know who uh, who asked the question, unless you want to be anonymous. And that will actually include you in the podcast. Yeah, I think uh, having um, we do want to have a segment where it's just Q and A. Yeah, that'd be awesome. We'll just kind of, sh- um, you know, just go one one by one, what one by one by one, mm-hmm. just answering questions. Because I I think uh, as believers we do have a lot of questions. Yeah, uh, like how to apply some things, you know, into our life. Um, what does you know loving our enemy looks like? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. Um, what does what why does the church do certain things mm-hmm. it can um, be personal questions too yeah, just about personal. us i already exposed this anyways mm-hmm. uh, and so um yeah yeah well i guess that's a wrap for episode three right. thank Have you for time. tuning in thank you for listening on your commute or while you're working out or whatever at home wherever you are we appreciate you we do yeah, yeah. we love y'all and we're looking forward to episode four we'll see you then